Welcome to another episode of Eat, Chit, and Dice, a fortnightly podcast about board games and sometimes food. I'm John D, and with me, as always, is Jared. Me, Jared. Hello. Uh, today we're talking about the rules of expansion, aka convince John D that she should buy expansions. Yeah. Uh, apparently, John D uh, does not play her games often enough that they feel stale and needs to buy expansions. I mean, even the games that I play a lot, I don't. Like those ones, those for me anyway, if I play them a lot, I like them. And so I don't generally buy expansions for them because I like them as they are. Mm, okay, fair enough. Uh, well, before we get into this, uh, you guys may have noticed that there was not an episode. Uh, Two weeks ago. Yep, when they were supposed to be. Because uh, Adobe Audition ate the audio. Wah, wah. So uh, some of it is salvageable. And at some point, we're going to do an episode where we um, kind of recreate that episode. We even had our first guest. Yeah. yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll salvage as much as we can. Unfortunately, it's not enough salvaged to make a full episode. So we'll do it as like a side episode. Um, I'm not going to promise any time frames on that. But uh, you'll see it on our Twitter. So follow our Twitter. It's the only social media that I use. We do have... We have a Facebook, Facebook but and that's John we have D. Instagram. That's also John D. Yeah. But we have all of the social medias. But yeah, you'll you'll know if you're following us on social media, you'll know when that episode drops, as the kids say. Where are we dropping, boys? Okay, let's talk about expansions. I don't know. That's a thing that people say in Fortnite. I don't play Fortnite, but I go on Reddit. So my nephews play Fortnite all the time. Why? Because they're kids and that's what all the kids are doing. Okay. They're also eating Tide Pods. <laughs> is that still a thing? Did that, was that ever a thing? I don't think it was really ever a thing. I think like two kids did it and then it became a big meme. Oh. I'm a meh. A meme big boy. Okay. Well, we made a list of uh, games that are incredibly enhanced by expansions to the point where Okay, maybe not to the point where, but the, the the pitch was expansions that are required to make the game fun. So if you're playing the game without the expansion, it's not a fun game. That's not true of any of these games. All no. of these games are still fun games. Yeah. They're just made a lot better by the inclusion or, of this expansion. Content. Or the expansion or it makes is just them worse really if you cool. Wanna, yeah. Or the expansion is just really good or something. Yeah, one of these games that's not actually on this list, but we're going to rant about. Um, John D hates an expansion for a game. We'll, we'll, we'll save that for later. We'll tease that for later in the episode. What? what? Oh, it's not on here. No, it's not. It's not on here. You, you didn't, you didn't actually put it on here. Because I told you to put it on uh-huh. here. Um, so John D for some reason, why do you not want to buy expansions for games that you really super like? I, I mean, I, I do buy some expansions. Like I've bought the Dragoon expansion. Um, I've bought all the Clank expansions. Um, the, th- the problem is, is I end up buying the expansions and then I don't ever play the expansions because I like the game and I don't end up mixing the expansion in for one okay. reason or another. Um, I am not expansion. I'm not against expansions at, by any means. I just haven't been in the habit of buying them. Okay. Well, I guess that's, that's fair enough. Uh, all right. Well, let's go ahead and get started here. In just I do a own. Exp- I do own like some of these expansions. I own. Uh huh. Um, that we're going to talk about, but it doesn't mean I've played a lot of them, 
And like I said, I'm not against expansions. There are some that it's like certain games. I'm like, I'm going to buy this expansion because I need to own everything for this game because I love it. But again, a lot of times I buy the expansions and then I just don't play them. Okay. Castle Panic. Jondi and I both played this game a number of times. We like it. We do. Quite a bit. We do. There are a few expansions for it. There's uh, Wizard's Tower. There's um, whatever the Tribuchet one is that I can't remember now. There's Dark Titan. What is the Tribuchet one? Oh, I don't know. See, well, I don't I've even... Got it. I've got the Castle Panic Board Game Geek page pulled up here right now. I can. I guess I could look, huh? Couldn't I don't I? even own the regular Good. Castle Panic Just game. Just check that myself. It's called Engines of War. Ah, uh, okay. I don't even own Castle Panic. Um, it's on my list of games to buy. But anytime I want to play Castle Panic, I'm with you and you own it. Yep. So I've never just rushed out to buy it. I own the Star Trek Castle Panic. Yes. Which, you know, I tend to buy pretty much all Star Trek games. So it was an instant buy for me. I have Castle Panic, Munchkin Panic, Zombie Panic and Star Trek Panic. So um, completionist. Yeah, I've got a little bit of a problem. They are honestly not dissimilar enough. If if you Star Trek Panic don't have a problem, mm-hmm. well, Munchkin adds some backstabby. The zombie oh, one adds some new like movement mechanics. Right. Um, but honestly, they're they're similar enough games that if you have one, they're not expansions. You don't need them, so they're they're standalone games. So I would just pick which one you like. If you like medieval themes, get either Munchkin or Castle Panic. If you like zombie themes, get Zombie Panic. If you like Star Trek or space stuff, get Star Trek. See, I feel like the Star Trek Panic is a little bit more difficult than regular Castle Panic and regular Castle Panic's rough anyway. It is. It is. It's fun though. I really do like the game. I haven't gotten sick of playing it. So, well, the, um, so wizard's tower. Yes. The wizard's tower expansion adds a new element to the game. It adds a new little tower standee that you swap out. And the biggest change of the game is that it adds spell cards. So, you know, wizards like their spells, I guess. That that makes sense, right? Well, yeah. The wizards would help you cast a spell. Um, <laughs> geez. What do wizards do, Jared? Uh, they cast spells. Um, so <laughs> the, the story here is that a friendly wizard, had, wizard has joined your forces. Um, and as long as his stower... Wow, I'm having some issues there. As long as his tower is standing, you can draw new magic cards. So uh, it also adds some new bosses that, you know, change up. Magic cards have trample. Um, No, but they do have summoning sickness. Okay. And, and, you know, you got to draw that Tarmogoyf. Okay, they are not Magic the Gathering cards. Okay. Okay. I, I know that you know that and that you're making a joke. Yes. So, yeah, uh, the idea here, as long as you've got the wizard tower standing in the middle of your castle yard, so, you know, you've got the walls. And then inside the walls, the ring of walls, there's the towers and the game ends when all your towers are destroyed normally. But this one takes the place of one of those other towers, the normal towers, and gives you access to magic cards that you can, as your turn, get access to. And they cast spells like um, slay one monster or teleport a monster or uh, one of them is chain lightning. It damages all monsters in a specific square instead of just targeting a specific monster. Um, There's also some cards that let you look at and rearrange the deck 
So like the wizard's telling the future. He's like, okay, here's here's what's coming up. You can rearrange these. Whoa. I honestly would not ever go back to playing regular Castle Panic, not including the expansions. I've, I'm at the point where it's all just mixed together. It's all in the same box together. It's all, if we're going to play Castle Panic, we're going to play with the Wizard's Tower. We're going to play with the Siege Engines. We're going to play with, the, maybe not play with the Dark Titan if it's your first time playing. But the first time playing, if I'm introducing you to Castle Panic, you are playing it with the Wizard deck. Okay. It doesn't change the game enough that it makes it hard to learn. But it changes it enough that it's... It's fun anyway, but... It is. Yes. No, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that there's a problem with Castle Panic as a base game. But honestly, I feel like the tower, the wizard's tower should have been included in the game. And if they ever make a new edition of the game, I think that they should just roll it in there. Yeah. So anyway, um, Pandemic. Yeah. Pandemic has a few expansions all of which add a lot of content to the game, but I was not going to make this list just all pandemic. So I picked one of the expansions that I think is the one that you should buy if you're going to buy an expansion, which is On the Brink. Now, why is that? Well, On the Brink adds a couple of new things, one of which, take it or leave it, um, it adds the Bioterrorist, which is a kind of player versus player game mode. One, one player plays the Bioterrorist. They have a hidden movement um, they move around secretly and can, um, you know, bioterrorize. I don't <laughs> what the, essentially they, they, they can put disease cubes. Um, and the only way you, you know, you got to chase them down. The only way you know where they are is when they do actions, they have to reveal themselves. So they have their own little pad of paper. They track their movement. I've played with it once or twice and I, eh. If I'm playing Pandemic, I want to play a cooperative game. But the other thing that On the Brink adds, which is, I think, the main reason that you should buy it, it adds a fifth disease, which are purple. Um, they don't have names, so I can't be like, it's blah, 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 blah. Um, it also adds a, so it's that the, the mutation challenge. So a disease could randomly mutate into that purple one that behaves differently than the original four. And the only way to cure it is to have, um, colors and the colors, instead of being like, okay, we need five yellow to cure yellow. You just need a city that that disease is present in. So like, okay, if it's in a yellow city, you can cure it with yellow. Mm -hmm. Um, and it also adds the virulent strain challenge where one of the disease colors randomly, becomes super, super hard to deal with. Like, oh, the black one is the virulent strain, and while there are the black disease cubes on the board, you can't use event cards. Cool. Makes the game harder. Um, it unofficially is the best one. And it makes it a five-player... I mean, yeah, you can, it makes it so you can play a five-player game with one player as the bioterrorist, and... It comes with some new roll cards and adds a new difficulty level, which is the like legendary difficulty, which is the only difficulty that I play the game on now. So there you go. Pick well, it up. It's your, it's one of your favorite games. So I would. And it comes with Petri your... dishes. That's where those Petri dishes came from. Oh, those are really cool. Mm -hmm. I wondered where those came from. Yeah, they came. I thought maybe you'd pimped out your game. Oh, no, they, they just come in the, 
in the expansion. Well, that in itself makes it worth getting. Yeah. I mean, I don't own Pandemic at all because, again, it's another right. one of those games it's, where. I mean, like, look, I have spent. Yeah. Who knows how much money on that copy? Right. I've like, got the legendary uh, collector's edition. Yeah. Like, pre-ordered. if I'm going to play Pandemic, You're I'm going to play, play it with, with you. So I really don't feel like yeah. I need to own the game. Fair enough. You've got all of it. You've got it pimped out. I yeah. don't need to own that game. Yeah. Um, not a sponsor, but I have the uh, broken the, the token. broken token organizer. Yeah. Which is it's pretty nice. It's got there's a few issues that if I were to redesign it, I would change. But again, not a sponsor, so I don't have to say I don't have to heap praise on it. But it honestly probably was worth buying. Um, the the organizer that I have actually, you know what? Let's let's just re rearrange some of these things so we can use this as a segue. The organizer that I have for Flashpoint, I think, is way nicer. Oh, that organizer is awesome. Yeah. I love the, the way it opens and everything. It's it's a really cool organizer. Well it, designed. It doesn't quite fit everything in there correctly because I've sleeved and, uh, you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, we're going to use that as a segue for Flashpoint. Johnny, what are your what are your honest, honest thoughts on Flashpoint Fire Rescue? So I really like the game. I think that it's got a really cool balance between sometimes you play a game and it feels really easy, but then you'll turn around and be like, hey, let's play again. And then you're like, oh, <laughs> this game's not easy. I just got my butt kicked. Yeah. So it can be deceptively easy because then the next time you play it, it's not. So I really, really like the game. There's a nice balance there. So John D wanted me to add this to the list because she thought that the new maps added a nice variety. I think they do. But I think the expansion that you should get if you're going to get an expansion for Flashpoint Fire Rescue is Tragic Events. Is that the new one that, that we played recently? One. Yes. Actually, you're right. Yes. I uh, forgot about that. It's it's an expansion that replaces a mechanic in the game. It replaces the hotspot mechanic and yes. the... Um, that well, actually did it supplements legitimately the, make the fire. it better. Yeah. You're it, right. It supplements the fire expansion... Like there's a there's a if you don't know Flashpoint is a game where you're a firefighter and you're trying to put out a building fire before it collapses. You have to save like seven people before five people die or whatever the numbers are, um, or if the building collapses. Uh, the way that the fire spreads is you'll do a dice roll. You roll two dice, and then you look at the map and you go, okay, it's that's here. Okay, well this place is on fire already so fire spreads or if it's smoke it turns into fire if there's nothing there it becomes smoke so potentially it will become fire later and then all of the interconnected smokes that you may have now burst into flames the card deck uh it it comes with three new rolls um that were previously available through kickstarters so uh they actually added miniatures for them so if you if you were like me and you had the roll cards but didn't have the miniatures for them, then hooray, you have the miniatures now. But the the real goal here is get this deck of cards. Yeah, you, I had forgotten about that, but it did legitimately make the game better. Yes. Um, so the Tragic Events expansion, when you're doing the fire spreads phase of the game, you flip over a card. It'll either say, like, fire spreads as normally, like it does in the base game. It, it doesn't say that, but that's mechanically what it says. Or it might say, like, okay, add a new a, a new fire breaks out, add a new fire, roll the dice, see where the new fire goes, then draw this card again, 
or if you're really, really lucky, you'll get a nothing happens. There's only one of those in the deck. Honestly, I will never, ever play Flashpoint without this ever again. Um, it's so much better than the little, like, tiny, tiny, tiny hotspot markers that you're supposed to put on the board. Right. It makes the game. Yeah, we really liked it. It makes the game so much better. So much better. And um, I don't know if it's going to be in retail, but the Kickstarter version had some new point of interest markers that also changed the mechanics. Like there was a there's a couple and you have to save them both together. Mm -hmm. Yep. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm sorry. It comes with four specialist cards, but three specialist miniatures, because I think maybe it's a alternate version of a character or something. Mm -hmm. I don't remember exactly. I've got it all mixed together. So who knows? But yeah, there are also maps for Flashpoint that are different things. There's one that's a, um, a submarine fire, which is really hard. There's um, an airplane, like a crash landing of an airplane that you have to put out the fire at. That one's really hard. There's an office building where there's, there's elevators to go up and down. And if the elevators catch on fire, you have to use a ladder that makes movement much more difficult. Uh, when Kat and I played that map, uh, she was the dog, I think. One of us was the dog. Either I was the dog or she was the dog. And we used the dog to go up and down the elevator. The dog has 11 movements, so we'd use the firemen to put people in front of the elevator. And then just the dog would drag them into the elevator and take them up and down the elevator. <laughs> it's just really funny to think of a dog operating an elevator. but That is really funny. Be like, you get in the elevator and be like, oh, pardon me. <laughs> Well, you wouldn't just waltz into the elevator. I mean, at that point, you've got a fireman throwing you into an elevator and there's a dog in there that presses the button and then drags you out of the elevator once you're back down. Except for, uh, unless you're unconscious, you could really just operate the elevator well, yourself. Well, okay, so let's talk about that for a second. In Flashpoint, people can't just move around. Like, if you are if you have so the medic they, guy... I know, and when you think about it, are the people just completely helpless, or are they I, all unconscious? Like, I understand that mechanically, as part of the game, you have to rescue them. So, are they... But are they just all laying there? Like, oh, God, I'm on fire, this sucks. <laughs> or are they just, like... Maybe they're all just, like, super, super scared, and... Um, maybe. You, you have to hold their hands to move them through the house that's on fire. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But it's, I think it's Kat's favorite game. It's definitely it's one of my favorite games. It's such a fun game. It really is. Uh, Tuscany. Yes. The expansion for Viticulture. Yes, the full title of that is Tuscany, colon, expand the word of, <laughs> Tuscany, colon, expand the world of Viticulture. It's a mouthful. Tuscany is an expansion for Viticulture, obviously. Viticulture is a worker placement game about wine production. That sounds fun. Yes. Um, Tuscany, and I love that I just, it's, this is why Jamie Stegmeier is my favorite. A legacy style expansion for Viticulture. You uncork the modules. Oh, seriously? Mm -hmm. That's cool. Um, you can do it in any order that you want to. Essentially, the, the, the idea is you're playing Viticulture. You play 
with one of the expansions. The winner of the game picks which expansion to add in next. So you oh, that's uncork neat. it. So you're like, oh, I want this wine today. Right, right. Um, so it's got a bunch of new expansions in there. And all of them change the game in slightly different ways. Um, but not enough that it breaks the game. So it adds like new asymmetric player powers, um, new visitor cards. Uh, the game board is bigger. Um, you can do things in all four seasons. There's special workers. There's a lot going on here. Now, what I'm going to say is against everything that we've been doing in this episode so far. Do not buy this expansion unless you have played Viticulture multiple times. Or buy the expansion, but don't start right. playing it. Yeah, do whatever until. you want. Yeah. Um, the things that happen in this expansion are enough to change the game minorly, or minorly. but okay. as you go with them, it will become major. Okay. So if you're playing... You know, you've played Viticulture a few times. Okay, add one of the modules. Okay, play that once or twice. Add another module. Don't do what I tried to do when we tried to play this in the group that I played it in, where we said, no, we've played Viticulture before. Let's just put all <laughs> let's just put all the expansions in. All of them? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Sounds like a so, bad idea. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was a bad idea. You're correct. <laughs> seems like it's against the spirit of the expansion. Yeah, that that really is what the problem was. You know, you're supposed to, as they say in in the description here, uncork them. Well, it'd be like taking a bunch of fine wines and pouring them all into one cup. Right. Well, the, even on the very like the front page of the instruction book, it says, hey, don't do this. Do them one at a time. Don't don't do what you think you're doing right now. Don't do that. <laughs> But you did it. Right. And it's not, I mean, it's a quote unquote legacy style. It's, so it's like not when legacy at all. It doesn't modify the game permanently. You can right, always take right. the, the and modules out. you did out. that, right? Did you take them back Oh, up? yeah, we took yeah. them back out, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that sounds cool. Um, Viticulture's always been on, it's been on my radar. Um, yeah. So, especially since, again, that I realized that I do really like uh, worker placements, so... Well, when you um, when you eventually play Viticulture, you should get the um, so there's a new edition that's like the uh, essentials, and it adds some stuff from Tuscany. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it adds the cheese making, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, some of the stuff they recommend once you uncork it to make it a permanent part of the game, and not make it modular. So keep that in mind, like. The expansion, the expanded board. Okay. Um, if you're playing with the um, modules that require the expanded board, then the expanded board itself is not an option to be a module. It's part of the game now. So, like, you can't mm -hmm. take that module out after you've added it. Um, some of them are cards that you should just have. Uh, I don't remember which ones come in the... Like if the cheese expansion is part of essentials or not, or if the cows are, but 
it's an experience. If your group likes worker placement games and is hesitant about legacy games, here's a nice meet in the middle right. type and situation. I am, and I'm really hesitant of legacy games. Like, let, me, let me look at the I hate the idea of legacy games. I don't want to permanently... I don't want to buy a game and then permanently alter it. Yeah. So I just don't. So uh, I like the idea that this one you can play it, but then you're not permanently altering a game. So Viticulture Essentials Edition comes with the Mamas and Papas cards, um, field cards, um, expanded slash revised visitors, and 24 um, Automa cards, which are the solo variant, um, along with a couple minor rule changes. So then I assume then the Tuscany Essentials adds the rest. So you can't mix and match the additions. If you bought Essentials, you have to buy the Essentials because otherwise you're doubling up. So if I were to buy Viticulture Essentials, then I'd buy Tuscany Essentials. Yes. Got it. Okay. Yes, um, which is fine. Right, right. Um, I mean, there, I guess there's no reason that you couldn't use... Tuscany essentials with regular viticulture or the other way around. You would just have some parts either missing, missing or, or extra. Right. Okay. Fair. Okay. Oh, I guess this is all me here on this one, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Cos- mostly, I mean, I've, yeah. I've played the game, yeah. but I mean, I've only played it with the expansion stuff. Right. So. Cosmic, Cosmic Encounter has... A gazillion expansion? Well, okay, so it depends on... We're just going to talk about the the Fantasy Flight Games version here. I have a friend that has the stuff from before Fantasy Flight yes. Games. Yes, the Mayfair one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess there's a new edition of Cosmic Encounter out with a new box art. I guess. I don't think that it changes anything. It might have, like, one new alien card or something like that. I don't know. But here's what I do know. If you're going to play Cosmic Encounter, you're going to come across like 30 expansions, which is not true. There's six. (coughs) There's six of them for the Fantasy Flight Games version. All of them add stuff to the game. That is great. Except, (laughs) except for one. Cosmic Storm is, eh. it adds space stations. You can attach those to your home planet. They give you additional powers like a laser or an outpost cool every one of the expansions comes with new aliens that change the game but the one that is arguably the best one cosmic encounter cosmic incursion um it's the the first one that they released it has 20 new aliens woohoo who cares i mean like the new aliens are great um but this adds another player to the game most of them do but the thing that you want out of this is the reward deck changes up things um dominion cosmic dominion is also great because it comes with more reward cards it has the better mix of aliens but does not include an extra player so in the order cosmic incursion cosmic dominion cosmic eons cosmic conflict cosmic alliance and cosmic storm here's why you need to buy incursion first you're probably often going to play with a six player you're always going to want to use the reward deck. So if you do stuff in the game, like you have conquered a planet, you get a reward. Cool. Um, Dominion adds more 
rewards. Um, it has what a lot of people think is the best alien cards. Um, Eons has alliance dials, so you can better figure out how alliances work. Um, a lot of people kind of show their hand when dealing with alliances because they don't wait and they just kind of... It's supposed to be a negotiating game, and if mm-hmm. you write up at front, tell me I'm siding with blah, 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 that ruins the negotiating function. After that, you know, eh, eh you get new aliens. Um, it just kind of depends on what your thoughts are, but if you have Cosmic Encounter or are interested in playing Cosmic Encounter, go ahead and immediately get, and I've lost it again. Which one is it? <laughs> what do I keep telling people to do? Incursion, right? Johnny doesn't know. She's played Cosmic Encounter once. She played it with the reward deck. I did, yeah. I'm just going to keep assuming that it's Incursion. So the reason that I keep getting confused about this is because depending on which version of Cosmic Encounter you're playing, like which published version, everything's different. So like if you're playing the Mayfair version, there's completely different expansions. If you're playing the FFG version, it's totally different. Um, one of my friends has the 70s version of the game, and it's it's got like expansion content that never made it into the Fantasy Flight game, which I always thought was really interesting. Like the Avalon Hill version has some stuff that is different. The Eon version is the best version, but I don't know how cheap you can find one. Probably you could get one for like mm, 50-ish dollars. If you look in the right place, but yeah, Fantasy Flight version is the one to go with, and Cosmic Incursion is the expansion to get. Apparently, it's out of print right now. Of so, course it oops. is. But I I just looked Cosmic Incursion. Um, you can get one for eighty dollars. <laughs> it's a twenty dollar expansion. Don't um, don't buy it for eighty dollars. You played Bug Chess, right, Hive? Um, only the app, which I found extremely, um, confusing. So actually very recently I went out and purchased the game with the expansions. <gasps> Johnny bought expansions. What? what? I actually bought them because you told me to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I am looking forward to playing bug chess. Uh, Hive is what we're talking about. Yeah. Hive is... It's not fair to call it bug chess. No, but it's just fine to call it that. But the reason that I call it bug chess is, um, so it uses these little hexes. Well, they're not little. I mean, they're anyway, whatever they're, they're, they're these hexes and they have bugs on them. And each one of the bugs moves in a different way. So they all have unique movement like chess pieces do. Uh, the pill bug, ladybug and mosquito, are all expansion uh, bugs that you need. So all of the bugs kind of move in their own their own way. They all have unique movement powers. Um, the pill bug, of course, has his own. He, um, I guess roly-poly is what some people know these as. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something else that people know them as, too. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, they don't really change the game that much, but imagine playing chess without a rook. Okay. Right. Right. Or like without the knight. Okay. That you would never do that. 
It'd be weird. It would be weird. It would be really weird to be like, all right, let's play chess, but nobody gets to have a bishop. What? <laughs> what? What? Well, I don't understand why you would do that. So that's kind of how I feel about the mosquito and the ladybug and the pill bug in Hive. Once you've added them to the game, you're not ever going to want to not play with them. Like, it's just kind of silly. It seems seems silly to not have access to all the pieces. I'm not going to play chess without pawns. Right, right. <laughs> I was trying to think of something that I hadn't already said. Uh, Hive is exclusively a two-player game, as is chess, so maybe this isn't for you, but buy it anyway. Even if it's not for you, yeah. get it because Jared said so. Yeah. Do you want to talk about your thing now? The thing that we teased at the intro? Let's let's do that. Let's, let's talk about the it. thing we teased. So Terraforming Mars. Fun game. I love Terraform. I love it so much that um, I generally am not one to like pimp out my games. I don't buy the expensive organizers because I'm cheap. But you've bought two different things. I have. For this. So I bought the Daedalus organizer. And then they have the game trays that fit into the organizers really nicely. Um, and I bought those. And then they have the game trays like that, um, like for the, each of the players, like for the player boards or whatever. And I bought those. So I pimped out the game there. Um, I bought metal cubes to replace all the plastic currency because the plastic currency in the game was kind of, you know, it was real lightweight and a lot of the pieces were chipped. So I bought the metal cubes. I mean, I really pimped out the game. Um, so, yeah, I really like Terraforming Mars. It's a fun game. I'm terrible at it. So that means you must love the expansions. Um, So the Hellas and Elysium. Uh, is it Hellas and Elysium? Hellas. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, that one's fine. It's just a, it's just different boards. Yeah. And it's fine. It doesn't. It's it's fun to play. There's no. You know, I have no complaint about that one. Um, I haven't played Prelude, but I've heard Prelude is great. So I look forward to that one. Haven't had a chance to play it. So I can't really say for sure that I like it or don't like it. Um, other than the fact that everything I've read about it is that it's a really good expansion. Um, and Colonies is coming soon. Yes. Or is out now? It's coming out at Essen or it's already out now? Yeah. Um, the Venus Next expansion is garbage. Uh-huh. Go on. <laughs> so now I will preface this in saying that we were real dumb and started playing Terraforming Mars at a convention. It was several publishers um, that we had we had to be up all day that, that day and had to be up the next morning to run our booths. We were real dumb and we started playing the game at midnight. Not the best choice of game to start playing at midnight. But we were all people that had played Terraforming Mars several times, so it's not like we were learning a new game. All of us knew how to play the game. So we should have been able to get through this game in like two hours tops. It took us four and a half hours to play this stupid game with the Venus Next expansion. So first of all, I'm going to say that the Venus Next expansion slows the game down. It's supposed to speed the game up. So... That's a problem right there. And it partially may be because we are learning a new expansion, but I don't feel like it could, it should have slowed people that were experienced at playing that, playing the game. I don't feel like an expansion should be slowing people down that much. Okay. So that was my first complaint. 
Um, I also think that it is, I really think they should just call it terraforming Venus because, okay, it adds a whole other like little board where, where it adds a whole new scale where, yeah. um, and you're basically terraforming a whole other. Right. Cause you have to build the flying cities and deal with yeah. the oxygen levels. Yes. So you're, you're dealing with a whole other scale over there on top of the temperature and the, and the, and the levels uh, for terraforming Mars. Because you're trying to make Venus not um, the greenhouse gas yes. planet that it is. You're trying to make it hospitable for humans. Yes. So you've got the flying cities that float on the heavy gas mm-hmm. and you're trying to purify the method, which is not how that works, but whatever. You're trying to purify the atmosphere to make it breathable. Yeah. So. Um, Again, not how science works. <laughs> yeah. So the game. So the, the expansion adds five new corporation cards and it adds like 50 project cards and like a government funding phase, right? Yes. Um, now you do not have to complete the, the Venus board in order for it to be an end game, like for, for it to be a a win or an end game. You can completely ignore it, which we did, but we got pretty far into the game and realized that, our oxygen levels were still low because of other things that were going on in the game. And that was a problem. Um, as far as I was concerned, it just really slowed the game down in my opinion. Um, the new, some of the cards were okay, but I feel like they just weren't really worth mixing into the game. Like I just don't feel like any of the content in this, expansion adds anything to the game other than slowing things down. Sure. There's no reason to have this expansion. If you disagree with me and you've played this expansion, that's great. If you like it, I'm not your mom. <laughs> not going to tell you not to buy it, but all four of us that had played this game, we played it. All of us had played it a lot and all four of us were like, what is going on so with this? I think the problem is, so you've, you've added the new cards in, which dilutes your draw. Mm-hmm. And which we, makes and it harder for you to get the cards that you need to complete things. Yes. And we did the drafting because we all of us prefer doing it because I don't think the game's good unless you draft. And well, then you have to deal with deck bloat. Yes. So yes. you've you've diluted your draw pool and bloated the deck. OK, that's a problem. But, you know, what's not a problem is small world. I would say if you play small world. And you're not playing it with all of the available races. That's a mistake. Now, I know we just got done talking about diluting the pool. But with Small World, you don't want the same races every no, game. No, you, you want don't. You want it to be different. You want variety with that game. And the modular maps help with that a lot, too. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, the, the River World expansion adds... Uh, it adds a new way for the board to be made, right? So it's not just the same stuff every single time. You have a different layout that you can do. Um, there's also small world realms that is, um, they're, they're, they're not hexes. They're like wibble wobbles, but they fit together and they make a map. Weebles wobble, Weebles but they wobble. don't fall down. Right. So I would suggest picking up at least the race expansions 
and probably River World as well. Okay, Pitch Car. This is the last one we're going to talk about. Pitch Car. Johnny doesn't like Pitch Car because she doesn't like getting up and moving around. I don't dislike Pitch Car. I just. It's um, you don't not my favorite. There are times where I don't mind. I, I was heavier the last time we mm. played it. Okay. So um, I'm more energetic now than okay. I was before, to be fair. Well, okay. Um, a new Pitch Car expansion includes a loop. What? 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 Okay, so that reminds... How are you... Seriously? Mm-hmm. How are you going to flick? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, you better just be good. Basically a crokinole disc. Yep. Through a loop. Uh-huh. That's that is correct. It's you just are gonna asking like the fall. right questions. Gravity here. is a thing. Mhm. Yep. Pass. Yeah, I, I I mean there's not much I can say. Um the pitch car expansions are expansions to pitch car. They add more track pieces. That's about all you can say about them. So you don't need them, but they're cool. Um they are necessary in so far as if you are playing and don't just want to do a NASCAR circle. If you want to set up a NASCAR circle, that's fine. I don't want to do that. I want to set up an elaborate track. So that's why I have all of mine mixed together in a big pile, and I don't know which is from which, and it's definitely worth getting a bunch of expansions for pitch cars so you can build more elaborate tracks. All right, John D. so now that I'm done with that, what do we have for food? Anyway, an expansion for food would be um, sauces and dressings. Oh, yeah, like a meatball on your spaghetti. <laughs> like <laughs> like dressings and sauces. Like, what, what are the things that you like to dip your French fries in? Uh, um, Wendy's Frosties. I love dipping. Well, to be yes. fair, hold on. I haven't gone to Wendy's in like a year and a half because I got a, like, chicken, chicken sandwich from there. And it was, first of all, I got it. It was not cooked, so we went back, got another one. It was too hot, and it burned me. And I went <laughs> in, and I was like, look, I'm just letting you know. You still messed it up. I'm not even mad. I don't want free food. I'm throwing this away. I'm not eating here again. Well, so I just want someone hot. to they apologize gave, they gave to you me. Pr- they gave you a well-cooked burger that, or chicken sandwich the second time. Oh, no, like like fry juice, like fryer juice. Like they didn't shake off the fryer juice like they're oh, supposed okay. to. Well, not so that the sandwich was too warm. Wendy's. Oh well, here's what happened. I called the um, like the regional managers. It was like, if you have problems or concerns, we want to hear about them. So I called and left a voicemail, and I was like, look, I'm not trying to scam anybody out of free food. I don't want any food. I just want you to know what happened. And if you could call me back, and I'll tell you the whole story. Never got a phone call back, so I haven't eaten at a Wendy's since. So, Dave Thomas, if you're out there listening, I know you're not because you're probably dead. <laughs> Wendy, if you're out there listening, hit me up. I go there for two things and Get two it together. things only. I go because I like the Junior Bacon Cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. And I go because I like to dip my French fries in Frosties. <laughs> that is the only reason I go there. I could care less about any of the other foods. And the only reason I really like their Frosties is I, their French fries are not good unless you dip them in French fr- or dip them in Frosties. Well, I guess we can keep talking about companies that I won't support anymore. What have we got on Kickstarter? Um, B Lives. We will only. Yeah, miss sorry, her. that was not a good segue. Uh, when I said speaking of companies that I won't support anymore, and then she brought this oh, Kickstarter, yeah, not related yeah. at all. Not really. I'm no, backing no, no, this no, no, Kickstarter. No, no. I'm absolutely. backing this Kickstarter as well. Um, be Lives, We Will Only Know Summer, is one that Jared and I are both backing. This game is really, really cool. Yeah. 
Um, it's a worker placement game yes. with bees. You are actually trying to like you are trying to you're you're a queen bee and you're trying to sur- survive, make your hive survive through an entire year. And so you have to survive through the spring, fall, summer and fall. spring, summer and fall. And then you have to have done all the things you need to do in order to get through the winter yeah. without your entire hive like dying. Right. Um, there, is, there are AI driven hives as well as the other player hives. And so you can actually play also single player for all of you solo gamers out there. Um, the game is just really cool. It's got all these, um, for those of you that have been listening to the podcast for a while, know that I'm a sucker for really cool meeples and there's really cool, like wooden worker bee meeples and player hives. And one of the pledge levels comes with a sampling of honey. I've been really wanted to back at that level. And I said, no, no. Um, but yeah, this is a really, really cool game. And I, I think everybody should back it because in addition to it just being a cool game, it will teach you about bees. The um, guy that designed the game, Matt Shoemaker, Mocker, Shoemaker, um, he is actually a beekeeper. Yes, they're all sold out, but one of the pledge levels, he would do a day of beekeeping activities with you. Yeah. Um, Oh, actually, they're not sold out at all. They're all available. (laughs) Never mind. Yeah, but anyway, um, he's a beekeeper. And so he designed the game based on, you know, what he knows about beekeeping. And it's, you know, so it's an educational game on top of being just a really cool game. Jared, you said you've played the game, actually. Yes, yes. Um, they had a like, prototype copy at Gen Con. And I checked it out. And it's um, it was like before we went and we just had a list of like, here's the games that are going to be available at Gen Con. Here's a list of it was like what would be available to demo and what would be available to buy. So it was on the list of demos. So we went by and we checked it out and I really thought it was pretty cool. I have played every game that this next company's Kickstarter next Kickstarter's company has made genius games. Um, and all of them are great. They have a new game that teaches you science. Uh, It's called uh, periodic. It's a game of the elements you play it and you learn the periodic table essentially um it's a strategy game around the periodic table and uh, like fundamental principles of chemistry so the gold cards have like elements that you have to make so if you know about chemicals if you know about chemistry then you know how the periodic table is laid out in a specific way based on various uh, molecular properties that the specific atoms have so you know if you've got all the metals the transitions the gases stuff like that you know you know so they're in the rows and the columns based on where they are for a reason, depending on the various chemical properties of the atoms. So this game, um, you have to use that knowledge to, uh, you build on that, use that knowledge, uh, which again, you don't have to know going into the game. It'll kind of teach you sort of, um, as sort of playing the game. They have another one about cellular biology called cytosis, and I don't know anything about cellular biology, but I really enjoyed that game. It's a, it's, it's really nice. Don't have to know everything that's going on here. You don't have to know what transition metals are to play the game and enjoy it. You would just go, oh, okay, cool. I've learned that. So you can, it, you, uh, I don't, I'm not. I'm not really sure exactly how best to explain this, but you you're you have a flask and you move your flask, and you're trying to do various things. You're trying to energize or de-energize, increase or decrease your mass. 
to get to various places that you need to get. Uh, it's on Kickstarter right now because we're in the Kickstarter segment. So of course it is. We'll have a link. We'll have a link to the other game too. In the yes. description in the episode notes. Yes, we will. <laughs> wow. Well, I, I kind of lost it there at the end there. That was, uh, I knew where I was going with it. And then I, there's a gif on the page that I was looking at and I got mesmerized by the gif. <laughs> and I just <laughs> It was a shiny. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a really cool game. Um, I have not backed it yet, but it's not because I don't want to right now. It's because of money, because I'm backing the other one. And I just don't know that I have enough funds to back both of those games at the same time. Well, if you have enough money to back both of them, the links are in the episode description. Yes. Check it out. Okay. Well, Jondi, that's that's it. Wow. Look at at how long this episode is. I'm going to have to edit all of this out. Yep. Wow. Well, okay. So until next time, John D. You can eat chip and dice. And dice. All right. I'm going to hit save and hope that it saved and didn't get eaten by uh, Adobe Audition. Yeah, I hope. I guess we'll find out. is an independent production of Swin Media and is distributed under a Creative Commons license. Attribution, non-commercial, share alike, 4.0, international.